the Escalade and we hit that corner. You just fell out and rolled down the street. It pretty much wasted. Let me clarify something real quick. The reason why the door wasn't closed all the way was because your damn door would not close. <laughs> Oh, Did you have like a contraption trying to hold it closed, like like a bungee cord or something? I don't no, know. But no. like, oh, there's a bunch of clothes just out there in the yard. And we pull up and sure enough, Jeff's like entire wardrobe is just laying out, spread out all over the front yard. I had a little nice night with that uh, 40, 50 year old lady. Oh, no, now you're exaggerating, man. No. <laughs> she was high 30s, low 40s. Yeah, I'll give you that. She might have been that. And I'm banging one out in this redhead. And I'm throwing and... up. Well, no, yeah, you were. But before that, you bust open the door. Welcome to The Flex. Now broadcasting from the Fantasy Sports Studios. Here are your hosts of the flagship podcast, Chris Jakes and Jeff Kelly. On this week, Jeff, Eminem has a birthday on the 17th. How old's Eminem turning, man? Probably around 50. 44. Oh, shit. Yeah. Jean-Claude Van Damme has a birthday on the 18th of October. Jeff, we'll take a guess on that one. 60. 56. All right, man, how about... Evander Holyfield, birthday on the 19th. 62. 54. Damn. Uh, Kim Kardashian on the 21st turns. 34. 36. Welcome to the Flex. We've got Chris Jakes here alongside Jeff Kelly. We've got many mailbag question submissions over the past weekend. But first, let's kick it off some NFL news. NFL news. Three quarterbacks exit with shoulder injuries on Sunday, and we'll hit on more on those on the recap. Adrian Peterson throws up the double bird to all the haters, and Teddy Bridgewater is clear to practice. Looks like returns coming soon, Jeff. And we'll get to the recap, but Jeff, let's hit on uh, our own recap here with Nostradamus or Nostradamus. Heard. Nostradamus or Nostradamus. The call on Miami. Beating Atlanta, man. I thought you were crazy calling that one, but you were damn sure right on that, man. Carlos Hyde, another one. Good call by you here. More receiving yards than rushing. Jarvis Landry having finishing as a top 10 wide receiver. Good call there. Kelvin Benjamin finished as a top 10, 15 receiver in PPR. And Atlanta Fournette was going to have a better fantasy week over Kareem Hunt. All good picks by and you. And Todd Gurley. And over Todd Gurley as well. Some of, some of the picks I hit on, Jarek McKinnon, top 10 fantasy running back, actually finished a top five. Golden Tate is a top 10 wide, wide receiver for fantasy. He was a top five as well. And Marvin Jones was a must-play, bargain play for the daily fantasy plays of the week, and he finishes a top five as well. Kirk Cousins, top three quarterback, and he finished number one. And Adrian Peterson on my daily plays of the week would finish as a top 10 running back, and he damn sure did. And Marshawn Lynch, on that same page on the website, was a sit for week six. And he actually looked pretty good in the first quarter. They just stopped running him. He was at like 40 yards in the first quarter. Yeah, that's probably what he ended up with, too, man. It was I terrible. Think you know, 45. Terrible yeah. Uh, all right, man, let's hit on the, uh, on the bad picks here. Not too many by you, man, but I had, had about four from here that uh, yeah, weren't so good. So the first one here for you. Cam Newton finishing as the number one quarterback for week six. He did finish six, though, so that's not bad. He would have been probably number one, I believe, because I think he was only four or five points off from number one. Those interceptions just Stewart, That was Stewart's fault, having two catches and just throwing the ball in the air for a free play. Yeah. And then your pick, your call on Jay Cutler finishing as a top ten quarterback. That was a bold prediction. That was very bold. He might have been. pay off for you. <laughs> he was like 14th, I think, or 12th. He was up there, two TDs. I think he was closer to 20 when I checked. Oh, whatever. Yeah. The Dolphins won, that's what matters. <laughs> right. So, for my dumbass picks of the week, at Alvin Kamara finishing as a top 10 running back in PPR. Which is crazy. He, oh, obviously he didn't finish there, but I think he was a top five running back in rushing yards. He finished like 75. I think he was a top, yeah, I think he was close to top five or six. Well, after Dark Wall last night. So I think he was six. He, he, he was in the top 15, but he didn't crack the top 10. Jordan Reed, I had as a top three tight end as one of my bold predictions. And that one, 
Man, we'll hit on Jordan Reed soon during the recap, but that did not play out like I thought it was. I had Le'Veon Bell. This is my biggest bust on the bowl predictions, finishing as an RB2. And he actually finishes a top three running back, so clearly an RB1. What did he finish? He didn't finish one? He finishes running back two. Yeah, Melvin Gordon finished number oh, one. Gordon, yeah. Yeah, with all the it, cat, yeah, right. PPR. And Terrell Pryor, I had as a top 15 wide receiver. And, man, I don't know what to make of Terrell Pryor now. He just continues just to disappoint everyone. Against a bad 49ers defense, I just can't trust him. Yeah, that was bad. NFL recap. And we'll start with the Thursday game. We got the Eagles 28 over the Panthers 23. I almost had this one to a T, man. I had Philly over Carolina 27-23 in the preview show week six. Kelvin Benjamin finishes one yard shy of eclipsing 100 yards, which for those of you who award bonuses for players eclipsing 100 yards, that just really sucks. I had uh, Carolina winning 31-27 if Cam Newton could have threw that ball a little bit better. But it was third and one, and they didn't do a, a sneak. I would have just did a rush sneak with Cam. They would have got the ball been a first down we would have been more interesting but we we're both pretty close on that christian mccaffrey aka white jesus finishes with 10 catches 56 yards and a touchdown i think he's a consistent rb2 slash flex play for me going forward in ppr formats but he was way over drafted and drafted yeah he was third round ppr i think he's definitely an rb2 i think they're going to start incorporating him a little bit more in the run i think once cam gets a little bit more healthy i think they the offense will start to open up a little bit more i agree Better PPR fantasy play rest of season. McCaffrey, Ty Montgomery, or Duke Johnson? McCaffrey, not even close. I like I like yeah. his quarterback a lot better. Ty Montgomery got destroyed with uh, Rodgers being hurt, and Duke Johnson just no consistency with the QB play there. Agreed. Carson Wentz is a star on the rise, and with Wentz slinging the ball like he has been all over the field, should fantasy owners, owners try to acquire Alshon Jeffrey while his stock is low right now? I don't know. Wentz spreads that ball. His, his number one target's probably... Oh, Zach Ertz. Ertz by far. Ertz and is, then... You know Ertz is... Real quick. You know Ertz is top five among all position players in targets for the season? Wow. Top five. I was surprised to see that. That's crazy. Yeah. And he only had like three or like four targets last week. I think uh, I think for some reason, Aguilar is starting to step up there. He has been. He's definitely been uh, the touchdown guy over there for sure. As far as Alshon Jeffrey buying him while his stock is low, I would make one of my... You know how my trade offers go, right? How I just kind of always like try to swindle people. Yeah. I would make a low ball deal like that for Alshon Jeffrey just to see what, just to start a conversation, you know, just see what it's like. But uh, no, I wouldn't, I wouldn't put too much stock into him. As far as the running backs from Philly, rest of season, would you rather have LeGarrette Blunt, who finished with 67 yards, or Wendell Smallwood going forward? Man, that's, I don't know, man. I, just, I feel like they like to sling the ball a lot. Like last week, Blunt was dominating and they just stopped running the guy. And they started playing Barnier more than Smallwood. I think he had more snaps. Yeah, he did. I don't know. I think that backfield's going to be tricky, but I think Blunt has the higher upside in standard, and PPR would be Smallwood. Yeah, in PPR, I'm not comfortable playing any one of these guys. But standard, I agree on Blunt. We had, I wouldn't play either one in standard or PPR, but I'm saying you asked who would I rather have. Yeah. And I just said Oh, Blunt that's what I mean. Standard. Yeah, I agree with not wanting to have any of them. 12 to 14-man leagues, I guess you might have to start one. 10-man leagues, they shouldn't even be on your roster. Agreed. Well, unless these injury weeks keep trending, man, like they have been. The last that two weeks have just been brutal. All right, moving on to the Bears and the Ravens. Bears take this one, 27-24. This is my upset pick of the week. And Jordan Howard goes for 167 yards on the ground. See a must-start rest of the season? Where he got drafted, the way he's he's playing, and the, for some reason, I would say, yeah, I would I – would, I feel comfortable starting him every week. You know, obviously he's not going to get this every week, but you have more upside than yeah. low. He's going to have higher weeks than low weeks, easily. Is the end of Tariq Cohen here? And PPR. I feel he's weird okay. because there, with Cohen, he he lit off the year on a fire, and I think he's the big play kind of guy, and he always takes a couple steps behind the line looking for the hole for big plays. And now Cunningham's starting to get a lot of play because I feel like they see what Cohen's trying to do. So. I don't know if Cohen's even worth owning. In a, I guess if you have Howard, I'm fine owning Cohen. As a handcuff, yeah. Yeah, but other than that, he did have a nice touchdown pass. Yeah, he did. He did. I saved his fantasy day. He got 10 points because if not, he was done. Oh, yeah, I agree. I agree. Uh, for, as far as Cohen, though, I, I would take him. In PPR leagues, I think he's an okay flex. You know, I think it's matchup-based. 
But the Bears' defense, pretty it's, damn impressive, man, the last yeah, couple weeks. Well, the Bears' defense played good all year long. They're, they had that front, like I've been saying, all year that front seven is pretty nasty. Oh, yeah. But they did play Baltimore, who has a horrible offense. Yeah, true. But they're, they're a must-add, right? If, if they're available, you've got to add them, correct? With their schedule, depending who they play, yeah, I think they're definitely a streaming defense. Which defense would you rather have going forward, Bears or Texans? Actually, probably, depending on the matchup basis, I think you could rotate. But probably, I think the Bears have higher because they got to play Green Bay still. They have no quarterback. They got to play Tampa. Uh, I don't know about Tampa. They might be all right. I don't know. I think Houston. I'm going with the Bears I'm just go because Houston. of what you just mentioned too, man, with Green Bay situation at quarterback. You got Teddy Bridgewater coming back. My goodness. I don't think Bridgewater gets a gameplay there. You can't. I, ho- I Keenum hope he keeps winning. You got to play Keenum. Yeah. And yeah, just with Houston's defense, a loss of Whitney Merciless, the loss of JJ Watt. And their secondary's all banged too. up. I think they lost somebody yesterday too. Yeah. And it's just, they're dropping like flies over there in Houston. So I'm not. You know, obviously, I'm still going to play Houston's defense. They're still going to be a top 12, I believe. But the Bears are trending high for me, man. I would choose the Bears over the Texans going forward. I got Minnesota and Baltimore. So I'm just going to run out with those two years the rest of the year. Yeah, you'll be solid. Although Baltimore's defense, that I'm not so sure, man. Inconsistent. Uh, but special teams. They got Bobby Rainey there. He looks pretty good returning. Yeah, he did. Alex Collins for Baltimore. See the running back to own in Baltimore? I think by far. All the people who picked up Javoris Allen and played him this week, look what happened. I've been saying it for a couple of weeks. He just... It's crap. Yeah, that's true, man. I Alex Call is definitely the, their best athletic running back. He is. If he if he can just get his hands right, man, just hold on yeah. to the ball, ball security. Yeah, he's got potential to be a pretty decent running back in the league, man. He's averaging yeah. like seven yards a carry for the season right now. Uh, moving on to the 49ers and the Redskins. 49ers cover that big 10.5-point spread. But they come up a little bit short. Redskins take that one 26-24. Brian Hoyer was benched, and C.J. Bethard, I like to call him beat hard, but he's in, and he brought the 49ers back in this one, and he looks like he can play. I mean, is he worth an ad? I, I think so, with all the quarterback injuries. Oh, especially. Uh, maybe that. a flyer to or try him one week, see what happens. Um, he played at Iowa, correct? Which I think they run a pro offense. To be honest, man, I don't know where the hell he came from. I can say this. The 49ers, I don't know if you watched that game, but I was I was watching the red zone. Did. The 49ers had a chance to win that game if uh, Garcon didn't get that uh, bullcrap pick penalty called on him when he was going for a pass and he ran into a, yeah. a defense at the back, which was a horrible call. Yeah, They're right there in field goal range. They would have had a 58-yard attempt to try to win the game. Yep, yep. Um, as far as uh, Bethard here, if let me ask you a question real quick. We'll do a little would you rather. Would you rather have... C.J. Bethard, Jacoby Brissett, and let's throw in another one. How about Ryan Fitzpatrick or who's another quarterback that's available right now? I don't know. I think Case Keenum's available. Yeah, Case Keenum would be out there. I think the most opportunity is probably going to be beat hard because when Luck comes back, I think Brissett probably takes a step back. If, when Jameis is he, is he if it's out for the year, I think Fitzpatrick's the easy one. But you won't, we, I don't think it'll be out for the year. We, no, we'll find out he'll more miss today. A couple weeks, yeah. But you got the X-ray and I like the upside negative. of of beat hard. They're going to be down a lot of games. There's going to be a lot of passing. He's still pretty young, but he looked pretty good yesterday against a Washington team that is actually pretty decent. Yeah, no, he did. He did. He looked really good. I thought uh, he looked like Colin Kaepernick. You know, back in like 2012, he looked he looked mobile. He looked athletic. Made some big plays. Definitely Carlos. a spark for them. Oh, absolutely. Carlos Hyde had a big day with two touchdowns on the ground, but he's been struggling late to find the, the rushing lanes over there. So if you own Hyde, what do you do with him? I don't know, man. He catches a lot of targets, a lot of balls, especially if Behard comes in and plays quarterback. There's going to be a lot of checkdowns. I just think Shanahan punked everybody talking about Brady's going to have more opportunity because obviously we, we both know Hyde is just a better football player. Yeah, and thanks to Pete Carroll, I've learned my lesson, you know, not to trust this this coach speak. So yeah. I still started high with confidence, and then I was kind of nervous there when I saw how terrible he looked running the ball. But you you were right on that one too, man. Good call. What do you get, like five catches for fifty yards or something like that? And it, and he got two rushing touchdowns. If you have that, you're fine because he's inside the twenty red zone. He's going to be in there to run the ball. Yeah, he will be. 
And I think it's going to get more play now, now with um, you know this new quarterback taking over there. They feel safer with Hyde blocking and passing blocks because Bright is pretty small. So yeah, I think if you have Hyde, you're still okay. I think Pierre Garcon has established himself as one of the premier, consistent wide receiver twos in fantasy for 2017. I think regardless of quarterback, what are your thoughts on Pierre Garcon going forward? Definitely PPR, I agree. Kirk Cousin played very well, finished as the top quarterback in fantasy for week six. And Terrell Pryor and Jordan Reed, man, are they droppable? Pryor, no. Reed, yes. Vernon Davis just looks like the better player there right now tied in. Yeah, Vernon Davis, pretty solid player. I think with Reed, if Reed were to just to sit his ass on the bench, man, I think Vernon Davis had to be a top 10 tight end. Yeah. Looks fast yesterday, as old yeah. as he is. Yeah, he does. Moving on to your upset pick of the week that you nailed, man. Dolphins 20 over Atlanta Falcons 17. Jay Cutler keeps his hot streak going. The hot streak that runs through the crack of his ass in his drawers, man. I mean, at this point, Jay Cutler is just stealing game checks, don't you think? No, nah, man. Two wins in a row. Oh, but his performance is just terrible. Listen, they're starting to open the playbook. It looks like he's starting to get their timing down with players. You got to think about no preseason, really. Nothing came in late. We'll see. We'll see how they look this week against the Jets. This yeah, but we're, we're pretty well a ways into the season now. And I think at this point, man, Cutler's just stealing game checks. We'll see. I don't know. Three and two. He's above 500. You wouldn't rather have Matt Moore nope. playing quarterback there? No. I would. I would no. take more of a color. Anyway. No. All right. Anyway, no Devontae Parker in this one. Kenny Stills and Jarvis Landry stepped up, had a pretty big game for each of them. Each found the end zone, I should say. And Miami's defense played great in the second half. And Kiko Alonso is trying to bring home a souvenir, man, trying to take home Taylor Gabriel. That was a smart play. He could have slammed him and got a penalty, but he just carried him for a little ride. He did, man. He did. He was like a you know, Kiko Alonso is not that big of a guy, man, but he – he was, guys, he was strong, though. He got I mean, some guns. He does. Well, not really, though. Not really. I just don't like how he wears his shirt inside this thing. He got half his stomach sticking out. Yeah. It's kind of sketchy. Yeah, it's a little bit. Julio Jones didn't have really a Julio Jones type of performance in this one. Despite a good matchup, man, I thought Julio was going to put up numbers this week. He had a great matchup. The oh, Dolphins secondary yeah. is horrible. Yeah, I don't know if it's the hip that's bothering him or what it is, but, man, I don't feel that good about Julio going forward. What about you? Like I said, Julio's going to end up a top five receiver this year only because he's going to have two or three 200-yard games and a touchdown or two in those games. I'm not so sure that's going to happen, the way Matt Ryan's playing and Julio Jones. and I, I, I don't know. You know what we're going to find out? We'll find out this week when they go into New England how he plays because that's the worst pass defense in the NFL. Oh, agreement. Malcolm Butler. If Julio Jones doesn't put up over 100 in a TD, then I would be worried. I think I could go out there right now, suit up for Atlanta, put up 100 in a TD on Malcolm Butler right now. I mean, I, th- I think there's a reason, you know, back in the offseason real quick, people were up in arms in New England about Malcolm Butler being rumored to be traded to the Saints for Brandon Cooks and why Bill Belichick brought in Stephon Gilmore for all that big money. And when Malcolm Butler held out for a contract, they said no. And I can see why, man. He Smart. It was a smart, I mean, yeah, it was definitely, it seems to be smart now. But what's funny to me is it's a nice underdog story. You know, it's nice that he came from nowhere, a small-town kid from small-town Alabama, and, you know, made his way up the ranks and everything. But We we could say this. He is because of the one bad play call Pete Carroll made in the Super Bowl. Well, that was a few years back. But that's made him blow up like he is because he was a Super Bowl hero. Well, I think what really helped him, though, like, because he was ranked number five by... Uh, was a pro football focus. I think that ranked him number five cornerback in the league last year. And the reason for that ranking, I know we're way off the game recap here, but is, you know, Logan Ryan, when he was with the Patriots last year, him and Devin McCourty were taking the number one wide receiver from the other team. Butler was matched up on the number two wide receiver every week because of his size, especially too. He's only like five foot nine, but man, Malcolm Butler, I mean, he got an interception. He's had a couple the last couple weeks, but that just does, does not look good at all. Anyways, let's get back to the game here. So let's move on to the Patriots and the Jets real quick. Patriots win this one 24-17. And I'm pretty sure the refs have some money on the Pats in this one because Austin Safarian Jenkins should have had two touchdowns. Instead, he finishes with one because of a dumb, dumb call by the refs late in this one, man. It was just... Terrible. The ball never touched the ground in the first place. I don't know how 
without, I mean, a fumble, all right, let me ask you this real quick. A fumble is when the ball is out of your possession and it hits the ground, right? That's how I perceive yeah. a fumble as. If you, if the ball is moving, if you catch the ball and the ball is moving around after you've already completed the catch, but it doesn't fall out, how the hell is that a fumble? That's almost saying like, perfect example, saying I'm running the ball and then I adjust my ball into my left hand. It was never sturdy, and then I scored a touchdown, and then it came out, and that's a fumble. Yeah, I like, I like that analogy. That's a good point. I mean, and people want to compare it to the Dez Bryant catch from no. the playoffs years ago. And I was like, no. Because, that's still a touchdown. Because catch Dez didn't right. have possession. That was what the, the, rule, the rule was on the field by the refs. And Austin Ferry Jenkins clearly had possession. He was running into the, to the end zone. Ball never came out. I don't know how they call that a fumble and then a touchback for the Patriots. And Cost the Jets the game, too. It did. Because yeah, and you're a Pats fan, and you thought that was a touchdown, so that just tells us. Yeah, unlike a lot of Pats fans, I'm pretty objective when it comes to the NFL. So, um, yeah, anyway. Um, Brandon Cooks, he looked really good in this one. Looked good running nice routes. He usually is a deep ball guy, but he had some good cut routes. He did, man, and he still got that speed, and it looks like the chemistry between him and Brady are starting to really develop here. And Chris Hogan was hobbled. In this one, after he, got he took rocked a, in those ribs. Yeah, he did, man. I don't know if he was suffering injury then. He came back a few plays later, but didn't look the same. And, you know, of course, Gronk did his thing. But Deion Lewis led the Pats backfield, and he looked pretty damn good too, man. And according to ESPN Boston's Mike Reese, he says today that Deion Lewis is making the case for the lead running back role in New England, and he expects Lewis to be the number one running back going forward. What do you think about that? Is Deion Lewis? I don't play uh, Pat's backfield. Not even with the most recent news in the last no. two weeks? No. Because then with recent news, what does Belichick do? He might have James White out there the whole game. Yeah, you never know what the hell he's going to do. Deion Lewis is one fumble away from never playing again there. Well, Gillisley fumbled in the first half. That's why Lewis got all the carries. If Lewis didn't fumble or Gillisley didn't fumble, Lewis would, be, Lewis would never play. Well, Lewis, no, Lewis was getting some run before Gillisley, too, Not as too, much though. Gillisley until he fumbled. He got more. I'll give you that after the, the Gillisley fumble. Um, as far as Deion Lewis, though, I, I, I think he's going to be okay. I think it could be a flex. I like him better in PPR than standard, obviously. But they're running him in between the tackles, so I like it. And as far as Belichick with the running back play calls, I can still hang my hat on this one, man. I don't know if you remember a few years ago, the Jonas Gray game. Yep. Fins up, man. I, uh, I, I played Jonas Gray that week, if you remember. Yeah. Hell of a call right there. That was probably my best. Scored like 40 <laughs> my points. My best is random call there. Uh, 54 points I think he had that week. Um, all right, so moving on to the Jets real quick. Jermaine Curse finds the end zone on this one. And he's been he's been pretty consistent and doing pretty well last few weeks. What do you think about Jermaine Curse? He's actually uh, trending up, I believe. Him and McCown on base really good. Past uh, Anderson on the depth chart. I, yeah. I like I like him moving forward. They're probably going to be down a lot of games, and he's getting a lot of uh, play. Surpri- surprisingly, man, I think the Jets are pretty legit. Jets are a lot. I think the Jets are playing with heart, and heart can always win over talent. I feel. Yeah, and you know who else looked pretty decent? Although he didn't get a lot of a lot of play, was Matt Forte. Yeah, uh, he didn't look good running the ball, but catching the ball in the backfield is something he can still do. It definitely showed yesterday. Um, moving on to the tragic game here. I thought, man, this is. Fantasy killer here. Vikings and the Packers. And Aaron Rodgers, he left this one early after suffering a broken collarbone on a nasty hit by Anthony Barr. Do you think it was dirty? I thought it was clean. Do you think it was a dirty hit? Um, I think it's a football play just running through the play, but they're probably going to start adjusting that play where he can't fall on the quarterback. You have to roll, roll off kind of, sort of. Yeah. We know, as football, played football, we know what he was doing. Yeah. He oh, was, yeah he's no trying to land on him. He, he Player... We'll never admit it, but he won. Obviously, he knows he had a better chance to win if Rodgers out for the game. He fell on him on purpose to hurt his shoulder. We all know his intent. Well, I think it's the intent of any defensive player is to not make it look obvious. But your intent is to take out the quarterback. Of course. And when Rodgers left that game, so did any hope of fantasy production from Green Green Bay Bay. Packers skill position players. As well as that gives Minnesota the division pretty much should win. I think they have the inside track now. Now I mean, that Rodgers is hurt. Roger, they, Green Bay wins that division easy with Rodgers healthy. I agree. I think Green Bay wins that game yesterday if Rodgers is healthy. Yeah. So Brent Hundley's in, throws in three picks in relief. Uh, what do you make of the skill position guys going forward? We saw the impact it had immediately yesterday. 
I, I'm kind of worried. Me too, man. I for guess. every player there, Bennett looks horrible. Bennett's horrible regardless. Uh, yeah, Jordy did get some targets though. He did he did like throwing the Jordy a little bit. Adams didn't get the many targets. He got that one wide open touchdown. Montgomery was in there. The main, I think, it actually kind of hurts Jones more than Montgomery because Montgomery yep. knows the play system more, and he knows the blocks, and he'll be a good outlet for passing. So I agree that could that could help. I don't think it's going to help him because he's already was already a top ten guy when he plays the whole game. So. I think it hurts Jones. I think Jordy Devon. I think they all take a hurt. I think Montgomery still will be okay. Yeah, I think Jordy Nelson will still be probably the most productive. Out I think of that he'll group. get PPR between ten to twenty points most weeks compared to almost eighteen to twenty guaranteed with Rodgers. Yeah, I think I think Randall Cobb is out the window now. Yeah. Devontae Adams, I think he takes a hit. I think he's going to be. I think he's still going to find the end zone, you know, from time to time. But as far as consistency, I think it's not going to be there anymore. With Ty Montgomery, I think he's the only running back you can play right now because of the reasons you just said. Aaron Jones, is he droppable because of the injury now? I mean, do you I, think he's get much play now? They're probably going to stack that box now. I think so. I'm just showing trade offer I got because I had Rodgers and I'm first place in that league. This guy offers me. I have Will Fuller and, and A.J. Green. He wants for Cam Newton. Is this guy shot out or what? Yeah, well, you know what? I see how you do now, man, because uh, today and the most recent episode we did, you seem to be making all these uh, transactions, fantasy transactions during the course of the show, like when you uh, picked up Alfred Morris, and now you're talking trades. <laughs> I'm just saying this is a horrible trade offer. I definitely will not take it. With I'd rather play Big Ben and keep AJ's upside. I'll never play Fuller. I offered him Fuller straight up for Cam Noon, but I'm rejecting that. All right, let's yeah. go back to the show. So, Jarek McKinnon rewards fantasy owners with 26.9 fantasy points in PPR. RB1 PPR the rest of the way. I agree. I agree. Teddy Bridgewater. Now, this, this news sucks. Bridgewater's returning. So, it's great for NFL fans, but for fantasy owners who own Viking skill position players, it's just another turn in the punch bowl, man. This is not good news for fantasy, unless you have Kyle Rudolph. Bridgewater's just one of those guys who's a good NFL quarterback, but not so good for fantasy purposes. He's an efficient guy who plays safe and limits his pass attempts, and that limit of pass attempts is going to affect Stephon Diggs and Adam Thielen, I believe. Yeah, I think it will too. But I don't think Brad Bradford comes in at all, to be honest. I think it's still Bradford is the number one until he gets Ben Keenum playing until he's healthy. I think Bridgewater is going to be no – I don't think he plays. Yeah, uh, for – my own personal fantasy stake in this. I hope he doesn't. But I also wouldn't be surprised if he does if Case Keenum struggles again and Sam Bradford plays like he did against the Bears Case last Keenum, week. If they keep winning, it doesn't matter how he performs. As long as they keep winning, they're going to keep riding him. Yeah, true. Good point. All right, moving on to the Lions and the Saints. Man, this one was a shootout here in the making. Although for a while, it looked like an ass whooping. Saints but defense. Matt Stafford poured gasoline and lit a match on my 14 parlay better the week. Man, when it was 45-38, to 38, Detroit had possession with five minutes to go. I'm thinking, man, if they just score a touchdown right here, then that's big money coming in. And then he does his best Jay Cutler impression. Plays like a donkey and just shits in my lunchbox. Uh, I think it was that, that punt return killed him. That guy dropped the ball. He got back all the way to the one-yard line. They had no choice. And then tip ball and then zone touchdown. Yeah, that didn't help either. That didn't help. But Golden Tate left the game with a shoulder injury. He was man. He was on his way to a day. Still had a day, but his prognosis is uncertain at this point. Marvin Jones stepped up. And he has been stepping up as as of late. Are you adding Marvin Jones if he's available in any of your leagues? I don't know if I want to add Marvin Jones. He's he's been playing okay, but I still think Tate's Tate's gonna be fine. That's his his receiving. He's the lead receiver there still. Yeah, agreed. Even with the return of Willie Sneed, Ted Ginn comes away with a big game, and Michael Thomas struggles again, man. Man, Michael Thomas owners who took him at the end of the first or if you're in a deeper league or second round, man, he's been a disappointment We've this year. We spoke about it. He had a big year yeah. last year because Cook's on the other side, so they have to account for Cook's. Now he's their number one receiver, so they make the game plan around him. So don't yeah, be surprised if Ginn outscores Thomas the rest of the way. Well, I don't, I don't know if I go that far, but it's definitely tough treading for Thomas right now. Ginn is just too inconsistent, man. Yeah, but if Ginn gets a deep touchdown here and there and gets 60, 70 yards, it's going to be more than Thomas. The way would Thomas get four points yesterday in a standard? You're right. They get eight in PPR and four in standard. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it, was, it was ugly. 
And Adrian Peterson was shipped off to Arizona last week. So Mark Ingram took control of that backfield, man. He has a huge day on the ground, and he is now a must-start running back going forward, right? Easily. Yeah. Kamara's must-start in PPR, too. Agreed. I think Kamara's... Kamara still finished with 75 rushing yards yesterday. Yeah, on 10 carries. No, he still was very productive. Yeah. Browns drop one to the Texans, 33-17. Deshaun Watson, man, just keeps it rolling, man. Does it again. You got to start him until he clues off. Yeah, and do you, do you think he's going to cool off anytime soon? Because, I don't know. Man, we'll he's see. just slinging it over. It looks like Brett Favre right now, just chucking it, man. Lamar Miller does what he does in this one, which is absolutely nothing. Deontay Foreman, when given the opportunity, you know, he's a pretty damn good running back. Uh, he had that one big run yesterday. Other than that, it was irrelevant. Yeah, but dude's averaging eight yards of carry the last two games. Yeah, they had a big lead. Hush. I think he got more play because they like Lamar Miller more, but the game was out of control, so they didn't need to play Lamar Miller. Yeah, but I'm just wondering how short of a leash Lamar Miller's on now after, you know, mostly dud performances for the most part. I think the only saving grace for Lamar Miller and why he's still got a hold of that job is because of his ability to catch on the backfield. Yeah, I still think he, he'll be okay, though. As far as Cleveland, man, it's just a fantasy dumpster fire over there. I mean, you can't start any Browns player right now. And, you know, I, I guess you can start Duke Johnson in PPR, but I wouldn't feel good about it. Yeah, there was, uh, they missed some big plays with Duke yesterday in PPR. Kevin Hogan overthrew him a couple times. Yeah, Kevin Hogan, he, oh, he sucks. They're going to have to put Kaiser back in or something, man, because... Hogan is no step up from Kaiser. We thought maybe he could have been after a pretty good performance when he came in last week, but yeah, man, week six, struggled bad. All right, so a game that I thought was going to be a defensive battle here, man. The Jaguars drop one at home to the L.A. Rams, 27-17. Leonard Fournette says he's fine after the injury scare in Sunday's game. And, man, when I saw this on TV... I thought it looked like a potential season ender, man. I thought it was it was a non-contact play. I thought it was his knee. I didn't even see it. Because when you see the, well, well, I'll tell you what it was like, man. It's like when you're running and you come to a stop and your knee kind of buckles like that. That usually spells like, oh, torn ACL, non-contact play. His knee buckled. He can't get up. He can't get off the field. It looked really bad, man. And now they're calling it. Well, see, now initially they called it an, uh, a knee injury, but now they're saying it's a sprained ankle. So I don't know, man. You know how these coaches are, especially this season with all their BS, so something to keep your eye on there because Chris Ivory might be a guy you might have to go pick up if Fournette can't go. He's not Fournette, though, so I, I'm not going to waste my time. He's not Fournette, but if you need, if you have Fournette... If you stat, they're going to stack the box on Ivory, he's done. Ivory's looked okay in limited carries this year, though. Yeah. But he's Fournette, guy I, I'm not hurt. sure. Fournette, man, he had like 99 yards, 96 yards in the first three minutes, and he only finished to 130. Yeah, 130 in a touchdown. He's getting better every week. Every week, man. He's yeah. just getting better. Kid's good. Yeah, he is really good. Todd Gurley plays really well, and he definitely answered my question of can he do it against a good defense uh, with a struggling quarterback. You know, because golf, golf, dude. Oh, yeah. Looked terrible. Anyway, Gurley showed to me yesterday he definitely is a must-start going forward. He's not going to tail off, I don't think. I don't think he is. What do you think? No. Think he's going to keep it going? I think they'll both keep it going. I'd rather have Fournette going forward there. I agree. I'd rather have Fournette too. Unless it's injury serious, more. obviously, I'd take Gurley. But if they're both healthy, I'm taking Fournette going forward as well. Well, PPR, I'm going Gurley though. Uh, Fournette catches good. Yeah, but, but Gurley, Gurley gets a ton of targets. Gurley plays every down. Yeah. Moving on to the Arizona Cardinals, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Cardinals take this one 38-33. Jameis Winston, another quarterback, man, on the cho- or the injury block, I should say, also leaves the game with a, guess what, man, a shoulder injury. X-rays reveal no structural damage. Jameis is undergoing an MRI today. Fitzpatrick came in in relief. He brought the Bucks back in this one. And... Doug Martin finds the end zone on this game. Mike Evans posts a big game, 95 yards and a score. Larry Fitzgerald finishes as the number two wide receiver in fantasy, man. Pretty surprising. John Brown finished as number eight this week, which leads to this. Carson, I hate that MF for so much, Palmer, was the number four fantasy quarterback this week, man. Number eight on the year. What were your takeaways from uh, from that game there? 
I just think it's funny because you hate Palmer. Oh, he's I number do, eight man. QB. Oh, I can't say. I can't. I can't do Palmer. I he's can't sling, say. He's slinging it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah, crazy. Yeah, sounds man. they have the worst probably offensive line, but AP helped them, so they didn't really couldn't stack the box. They didn't stack the box. Well, they did in the beginning. He broke a couple tackles, and they then Palmer started lighting them up, so they didn't stack the box. So it was good. Good all around game for them guys. Yeah, it was Adrian Peterson. That that one did surprise me. I thought he was gonna be a good play just because of the matchups around the league. Dating but is man, huge. he was cheap. Oh yeah, it looks like he hasn't lost a step, he man. So I don't know two, what I the hell he... New Orleans was thinking. Ryan Fitzpatrick, if Winston's injury is severe, keeps him out for a little bit. Fitzpatrick, is he, is he a guy to own? Yeah, I think I'd be fine playing him. Yeah, he looked pretty he looked, good. He looked pretty good. He did. It seems like when the, when he's down and out, man, on his luck, he kind of just shows up and plays he well. He can slang that rock. And yeah. he's, he ain't never had a good team players like this around him. He's got good players around him. Uh, that Jets team was pretty good with Marshall and Decker there a couple years back. Not as good as Evans, Murray, Martin. Yeah. It seems like, though, when Fitzpatrick has the attention on him, he kind of shits the bed. So, I don't know. But, yeah, I, I would take an ad on him, especially if I was a Rodgers guy. If, yeah, I, if I owned Rodgers, who would you rather have, Fitzpatrick or C.J. Bathard? Fitzpatrick. Yeah. As well as, I think, Brake takes another step up if Fitzpatrick's the quarterback. Yeah? Yeah. How come? I just He likes tight ends, too, Fitzpatrick. He likes to either throw deep or he'll throw it right in the middle. That's true. You know what, you know what real quick on Fitzpatrick? What the hell happened to him, man? Because if you remember back at, like, in the Tennessee Titan days when he was starting over there, that dude was mobile, man. He used to run and scramble. He was a running quarterback there for a little while there. Yeah. I don't know. I guess he's getting up there in age, I guess. He's been around for a while. All right, moving on to the Chargers and the Raiders. Chargers win this one 17-16. Derek Carr should have stayed his ass in the car in this one. Carr finishes as the number 24 quarterback in fantasy. He's clearly not right, man. I guess for Crabtree... Carr was uh, right enough for him to find the end zone, so that was good. And Crabtree actually finished as a top 20 wide receiver in fantasy. And who, can you answer this, who led the Raiders wide receivers in fantasy points in week six? In week six? I'm assuming it's not Crabtree. It wasn't Crabtree. That's why I figured you are going with that. So who was it? Take a stab at it. Cordell Patterson with that run, 20-yard oh rush. Oh, my God. Cordell Patterson, man. That's good. Oh. Man, it, it killed me because I have, you know, in our dynasty, I have cars, my QB, because Wilson was on by, so I played car, and I had Crabtree and Cooper play. Yeah, yeah car, car pretty lost much by, saddled you with a loss. I lost week. by uh, nine points in that league. Yeah. Just imagine if they could have did anything. Yeah, and speaking of bad performances, man, it, it looks like Marshawn Lynch is done. And I'm not surprised. I wasn't high on him going in. I thought he was going to be a bust because he wasn't very good his last year in Seattle. Yeah. Uh Amari Cooper, though, man, what the hell happened to him? His struggles continue. It, he's a bust, man. I don't, I don't see him turning around. It's like he, he doesn't know how to play football anymore, man. Can't catch. I don't know what the hell is wrong with him, but no, it doesn't look good. All right, moving on to the Chargers side of the ball here. We got Melvin Gordon finishes as the number one PPR running back. Keenan Allen, disappointing performance there in week six. As the rest of the Chargers offense, too, man, as far as fantasy, Nobody Gordon. stood out there, man, and it's just too inconsistent. I don't know. I don't know if it's Philip Rivers that all of a sudden. I don't know what the hell happened. You know, I don't know. Last year, that San Diego. That well, San Diego last year was San Diego. San Diego's offense last year was pretty good, man. They had a lot of good up and coming pieces. They had some. Uh, you know, I don't know. They looked pretty good last year. I don't know what the hell happened this year because nobody on that team, aside from Melvin Gordon, really looks consistent. I think Keenan Allen's fine in PPR, though. Yeah, he's fine, but we're, I mean, pro, the years that Allen went out for the year, he was lighting the world on fire, man, yeah. before he was going out. I mean, what the hell happened? He's healthy, now he can't replicate what he was doing there? I don't know. It's, it's, it's a little frustrating there. All right, moving on to the Steelers and the Chiefs. Steelers win this one 19-13. Another good call by you there, Jeff. And Martavis Bryant requests a trade. Steelers say no. But for fantasy reasons, man, I'm hoping that they do trade him. Because uh, like I said last week, man, I thought Juju Smith-Schuster was going to overtake Bryant in that number two role. And looks like it's trending that way. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Antonio Brown, he's your week six number one wide receiver. Finished with 155 yards and a touchdown. Until tonight when T.Y. plays. 
Yeah, we'll get to those projections too, man. I guess you're pretty high on T.Y. tonight, huh? I hope so. Yeah. Uh, Tyree Kill and Charkandrick West both exit with concussions. Tyree Kill got rocked. Yeah, he did. Um, Kareem Hunt, solid performance. It was a PPR. down game for him, but yep, still did well for you in PPR leagues. Yeah, uh, Pittsburgh controlled the ball in that game. Huge time difference. Yeah, Le'Veon Bell, man, he definitely shut my ass up because Boy, he looks. Uh, he was struggling a lot, man. He looked, but he he looked pretty good coming up now. He looked damn good. All right, moving on to the Sunday night game here, which was, man, it, it was some shocking stuff right here, man. I don't know anybody, any sane person for that matter, who picked the Giants to beat the Broncos in Denver. Nope. Giants win this one 23-10. The Giants, filled with replacements at wide receiver, man. It was just, it was shocking. I, I don't know. Well, you know what? They didn't need wide receivers to win this one. I think Eli threw the ball like only 21 times. I think it was 12 for 21, I believe, off top. Yeah, he didn't throw that many times. I think uh, seven targets for Ingram, like three for in the rest of the team. Three for like the last five receivers. Yeah. I mean, who who needs wide receivers when Evan Ingram and Orleans Darkwood play like they did the other night? Was, Evan Ingram, was, he, he's, he's big and fast. People don't, you didn't realize how fast it was until you watched some of those routes last night. Yeah, Evan no, he's, he's much faster than I thought. I mean, as far as his size, I knew he was a big dude. But yeah, no, he can run as, pretty well. You can't be running that fast that big, though. Well, Gronk does that. Yeah. Although think, he suffered think, a lot of injuries from doing that. I think too. Ingram will run faster than him, though. Oh, I don't doubt it. Especially with the Gronk's hardware all over the place in his body. Yeah. It's like Robocop playing football. Orleans Darkwall played solid. I think he's the guy going forward now. I agree, man. Darkwall did look good. And the, the Giants' run defense. Oh, my gosh. I thought they were going to get torn apart by CJ and Jamal. And they, they were, like, ridiculous last night. I don't know what happened to their run game. Well, they finally showed up, man, uh, for the Giants' defensive line. That's what happened because... When the Giants played the Chargers in Week 5, I was saying I was down on Melvin Gordon because that Giants D-line. And they didn't show up. Nah. And they go to Denver, and sure sure enough, they show up, man. And, dude, they, yeah, they locked it down, man. They shut C.J. Anderson and Jamal Charles both out. Charles finishes with 19 rushing yards. Anderson finishes with 17. Uh, Trevor Simeon left this one temporarily with a shoulder injury, but he returned in the second half. And Emmanuel Sanders also left with an ankle injury, and I don't know. He'll be all right, I think. Anyways. Yeah, I think, I think I don't know, I'm not really worried, but I just think the Giants had a great game plan coming in, and they, their defense stepped up, so I'm not really worried about uh, the about CJ Sanders. Sanders, the CJ. You're not Anderson worried about CJ? Or Sanders, yeah, I'm not worried about those guys. I'm a little, I'm a little concerned. I wouldn't say I'm worried, but... 19, I mean, 17 yards. Ah, I don't know. It's pretty damn bad. Yeah. Yeah, that's... I still think he'll be okay, though. Yeah, I think he'll be okay going forward. So, Dark was a must-add. You were saying you, you believe the... Dark War looked good. Yeah. He's looked the best this year. I'm kicking myself in the ass for dropping him last week. I know. I picked him up yesterday. Yes, you did. Demarius killed it. Oh, dude, Demarius Thomas. Besides that fumble, he would have crushed it. Yeah. Yeah, 10 catches, 133 yards. Playing hurt. Take a yeah. note, Parker. No, I was really, dude, yeah, I was surprised. I did not see that one coming. And hitting on Monday night's game tonight, we got the Colts versus the Titans. And Marcus Mariota will play tonight. What's your outlook for uh, Mariota tonight? Uh, Over or under 20 fantasy points. Six points thrown touchdowns? Yep. I'm going to say he's right at 20, 22 the most. I'm going to go over. I think Brissett has a better day than him. Challenge flag. More fantasy points, Brissett or Mariota. Okay. Over under RB13 for DeMarco Murray. I think uh, I think DeMarco has to bust out eventually. This would be the game to do it, right? It's got to be the game to do it. Yeah, Tennessee's horrible. And they're probably going to run a lot with uh, DeMarco to keep Mariota out of uh, harm's way. So we're going to find out. Yeah. If Murray doesn't do it this week... After they emphasize all week long they want to get their running guys run, they're gonna be in trouble. Yeah, especially with Mariota playing in this one. I think it's I think he's gotta show up or yeah, it's it's not looking good for his rest of the season prognosis here or her, you know, projections. Eric Decker or Rashard Matthews tonight. Rashard. Challenge flag. Rashard, I'm going with Decker. What's well, a challenge? T. Y. Hilton, does he crack the top twelve in PPR for wide receivers <laughs> this week? Uh I hope so. I say yes. 
I'm down 21 in our one league. I got Suckup, T.Y., and Murray. I'm down 23. Do I win? No on PPR. Can go 6 I think you do. Yeah, I think you do win that league. 6-0 with no Rodgers? If Rodgers played yesterday, I'd, I'd be already winning. And I need your boy Brissett here to score... Uh... Probably need to score about at least 18 points to feel good about staying Without hitting hit a Moncrief a lot. He needs to stay away from Moncrief. Yeah. yeah. So let's go. Yeah. Yeah. So we both might be 6-0 there going into week 7. Yeah. So who has the best game out of these three running backs here? Marlon Mack, Frank Gore, or Derrick Henry? Standard PPR. Give me both. Gore. And Gore. Yeah, Gore and both? Yeah, I think this is him this week. I'm, I'm going to go more than Mac. I just don't see. Yeah, well, I don't you know see. If, if, say, something happened to Murray and he got hurt, I think Henry will beat him both. But I just, they just, I don't know what they're doing there. I scratch that. I'm not going more than Mac. I'm going Henry. I'm going Henry. I think Henry's, you know, he's been I always lead towards Henry, too, but I'm I just, going Henry. For some reason, Gore kept pointing out to me. I mean, uh, I don't know. I think Gore's done, man. He just looks so bad lately. Heard. Any waiver wire targets you want to throw out there for this week? Anybody that, uh, I think if you have a spot, pick up Matt Breda. Because there are rumors talking about trading, trading Hyde. He's on a shopping block. Yeah. Uh, staying with the 49ers, I would throw out C.J. Bethard. If you're the Aaron Rodgers owner, don't have a backup yeah. quarterback. Or if you're also a Jameis I, Winston owner, too. You know, uh, yeah, if you're Jameis, you got to add Fitzpatrick. Yeah, Fitzpatrick's another guy to the target there. Uh, other targets... I guess McFadden and Morris, if they're not already picked up, we don't know what's going to go on. Yeah, I'd say PPR, pick up McFadden, standard. Morris. Try Morris, I guess. Yeah. Uh, from what I heard today, it's going to be a timeshare, at least starting out, but I did hear McFadden. I don't feel get the comfortable either one. They're not Zeke Elliott. No, they're not, but McFadden, I think he, he or, or Morris, good. they both could do okay. That, that offensive yeah. line is still pretty damn good. And Orleans Darkwell, I think, is going to be my number one waiver wire target for the week. I do too. Yep. Mailbag. That right there is the mail. Now let's talk about the mail. Can we talk about the mail? I'm dying to talk about the mail with you all day, okay? All right, hitting with the mailbag. Jeff, you want to start with the fantasy questions first or the random non-fantasy questions that were submitted for this week? Let's hit the fantasy first. All right, sticking with fantasy first. Number one, with the Ezekiel Elliott suspension back in effect, who are some free agent running backs I should target off of waivers to replace him? Jeremy in Mobile, Alabama. If, if I'm going dark was my dark well one. It's depending on your league standard PPR. Then I would do McFadden, and then I would do uh, our boy Morris. Morris. But if you have a high waiver wire, go for dark wall. Yeah, I'll go with dark wall. And I would not be surprised if some people drop Aaron Jones this week with the whole Rodgers thing and based on his performance against the Vikings. And my boy Chris says Deion Lewis might be out there. He's not a bad ad. Yeah, I would add you on those too. But Aaron Jones, I wouldn't be surprised. I'm not dropping Aaron Jones if I own him, but I think some people will to make roster moves. And if Aaron Jones is available, I'd still take him because I think he's still going to get some work. It really depends on the running back situation, but that's another guy that I would target if I needed running backs. Moving on to the next one here. Should I trade, should I try and trade Carlos Hyde after his big week six? Mike in Lansing, Michigan. Uh, depends what you can get for him. I don't think I trade him because who the hell are you going to trade him for? Yeah, he's not going to get no value. Tough, it's I keep him. Trade. Yeah, especially with running backs. I mean, you're not going to trade him for another running back because who's going to trade a, a better running back for Carlos Hyde? Yeah, I like know? Carlos Hyde. He's a good player. He's I like got, him He's too. got mental issues. Yeah, and Shanahan's got dickhead. Shanahan likes two issues. running backs. So some weeks Hyde might only put up eight, but other weeks, most weeks, he's going to put close to 20. If he plays... 70%, he's going to get you almost 20 points, especially okay. PPR. Five yeah, on PPR, I, I wouldn't trade him. No, not at all. Unless, I, even unless, standard, you can get, unless you're in a great spot and you can get Zeke, for Hyde, I would do that. That's interesting. I like that take. Yeah. What about DJ? Same for DJ, right? Because the uh, Cardinals are winning, man. They're, uh, yeah. As long as they're in the playoff race, DJ should come back and yeah, play Yeah, they them. said week 10 he'll come back. So, yeah, I'd be comfortable getting... As long as you're in a position and you have that position, but, I feel comfortable. But you know what? Chance. If AP keeps it rolling, what the hell are they going to do then? I think David Johnson's still the guy. Yeah, I agree. He's I too think good. He's 
I, I think you're you're probably going to maybe agree, maybe not, but I think David Johnson is the best all-around running back in football. Oh, I agree. I think he is. Uh, the offensive line for the Cardinals, it has gotten a little better. But when he was playing that week one, that Man, line Their line, offensive line is one of the worst in the NFL, and he still killed it last year. Yeah, he did. I think much like the Pittsburgh Steelers situation when Le'Veon Bell was out, when D'Angelo Williams was killing it, you know, for those couple years there. Yeah. I think it's going to be the same thing for AP. I think once DJ comes back, AP is just going to take a back seat. I agree. Just like that situation, yep. All right, number three, Aaron Rodgers was my only quarterback. Some quarterbacks that are available in my league are Trevor Simeon, Joe Flacco, Brian Hoyer, Case Keenum, Jay Cutler, Mitch Trubisky, Josh McCown, and Brent Hundley. Carl in Dansbury, Minnesota, which one should he take? It seems like we're on the same boat here. Um, oh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> You're dealing so with the let's, same thing. Let's, let's cross off Flacco's gone. Yeah, Flacco's done. Hundley's gone. Hoyer, um, Hoyer's injured, so I guess... Hoyer's not injured. He just got benched. Oh, that's right. I'm sorry. That's what I meant. Hoyer's done. Cutler's done. I think Mr. Biscay's done. Simeon, I don't trust him. Agreed. Duh. So, really, we're looking at... Uh, I think out of those three, I would have it narrowed down to Trubisky, Keenan, or McCown. Hmm. I think Case Keenan is going to be your... Oh, I don't know. Josh McCown's playing really well. I like the matchup with the Dolphins this week. Josh McCown probably this week. So you know he's the automatic starter there. But Trubisky's look pretty good. I would go, if it's just for this week, McCown. And then maybe pick up Berthard if you have an extra spot to see how he plays this week. Yep, I was I was wondering if you were going to say that name because I was going to go off the list. And I was going to say CJ Bathard there. He's definitely available because I don't think anybody's ever heard of him really no. prior to If you can't Sunday. pick up luck, too. Just to have him there, because Luck will come back probably two to three weeks, and he'll be solid for you. Yep. So you're going to have to string one of these guys three weeks, probably. Yep, and I, I, would, I, like I would choose Josh McCown. I like his, uh, he's, he's playing at Miami, and then he's, I think he's got favorable matchups for the next couple weeks, and I think our boy should be back. Yeah, yeah. Luck, I mean Luck. Andrew Luck, yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I would rank him as Josh McCown would be my, my first pick. Case Keenum two and Bethard three. I think Bethard has the most upside, especially in that Kyle Shanahan, Shanahan offense. But I think the safest play is probably McCown, man. McCown's played pretty well. He's, he's looked pretty good. Yeah. He's looked pretty good so far. He'll get you about 15 points at yep. least. And that's all you really need. Did I say where this guy's from? McCown? No, this guy, Carl. Carl, anyways, I'll just Dansbury, Minnesota. Dansbury, Minnesota, okay. It's hard rooting for Rodgers when you're a Minnesota guy. All right. <laughs> Number four. I'm number one on waivers. Adrian Peterson is available, and so is Orleans Darkwa and Alvin Kamara. Kamara, sorry. Uh, I desperately need a running back. Ty Montgomery, Zeke, Buck Allen, and Crowell are my running backs. It's a half-point PPR league. Dan in State College, Pennsylvania. How the hell is Kamara still on the waiver wire? I don't know. It's a half-point PPR, so that makes no sense. I'm not sure. Maybe... Injuries, somebody dropped him. I'm not sure. Maybe I, quarterback. I don't know. To be I honest, no I feel the most comfortable with having Kamara on a half-point BPR. AP does no pass catching, and Orleans Darkwall doesn't let he catches either. Shane Vereen does. Yeah, I would you rank figure it. AP has 120 in a TD, so that's 18 points. Darkwall has 116 TD, that's 17. Kamara can have 70 rushing, 50 receiving, and 8 catches, and he's already beat them both. Yeah. No, I agree. I think I'm, I think Kamara's number one. I think APC. I think Dark was three. That's you could draw Buck Allen, man. If you would have picked up, uh, even try to try Buck Allen Crowell for a RB two. I would draw. I would keep Buck Allen in half point PPR just for the pass catching ability. Crowell. Would you I trade? Would how about this, Chris? Would you second. trade Buck Allen, Ty Montgomery for uh, McCaffrey? At a half point PPR. Oh man, that's a tough one because. What about how about this? No, you got to keep Ty Montgomery. Yeah, I was gonna say. What about Crowell and Buck Allen for Christian McCaffrey? That guy gave. Oh me yeah, I, I would trade. Try to trade Buck Allen and Crowell for the for somebody. Then you have two roster spots. Get a person to retain. But uh, I say Kamara. Yeah, I don't. I don't think Crowell or Allen really have any trade value, unfortunately. How about this? Set your set your alarm. Get up at four in the morning, Wednesday. <laughs> Is that what you do, Jeff? No. For way. Yeah, oh, I bet you do. No. See yeah. if see if somebody see if somebody drifted over AP and Darkwall and see if you can add them extra and put Kamara on the waiver wire. Right? Yeah, yeah. All right, no, I get up around eight or nine on Wednesday morning. If yeah. I happen to be up late doing something and I'm up in there, I'll look. But yeah, no reason to get up that early for waiver wire. I always have last waiver wire this past year, so true. 
All right, moving on to the next one, number five. Is it time to cut bait with Martavis Bryant? Joe in St. Louis, Missouri. If you're depth at receiver, yeah, because you don't know where he's going to get traded, but I just dropped him in one of our leagues. Did you really? Yeah, because I got Parker, Landry, Keen Allen. Yeah, yeah, you got the depth to do it. Yeah. I got those. And I got somebody else I forget. I didn't need him. Yeah. I dropped Bryant. Yeah, I don't think he's going to. Devontae Adams. If he stays in Pittsburgh, I'm not sure how much value he's going to hold going forward for the season. But I wouldn't be surprised if he gets moved, though. You know, wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised, to be honest, if Pittsburgh releases him. I don't think he gets released. He's still a rookie contract. They'll get some value for him. He, he's he's a, he's a number two uh, pick, draft pick. You can trade him for, I bet, number three. Yeah. You know where i like to see him go if he does get traded? Saints. That'd be amazing. That would be. For Michael Thomas and uh, won't be good for Ted Ginn. Yeah, it won't be good for Ted Ginn, uh. But Ted Ginn is used to that role. Oh, you know, you know who should trade for him, though, the most? The Giants. Well, yeah, I guess the <laughs> Giants, that's true. But I would say the Carolina Panthers also. Nah, you got Kelvin and Funches starting to play really well. Yeah. I think, but you also saw there's rumors as well. Romo maybe the Packers, but they said, don't be surprised if the Packers offer something for Eli. That's interesting. Because this, this is... It's a lost season for the for the Giants. Yeah. Yeah. And Eli, he's getting older. 36, I believe. Another year yeah. or two. And that, if that guy makes the playoffs, you're done. He's winning the Super Bowl. Never lost in the playoffs. <laughs> That's not true. He's a Super Has he? I thought he's 8-0 in the playoffs. He's only won twice, I thought. And he's won two Super Bowls. You might be right. <laughs> I think he's only been in the playoffs twice. Yeah, you might be right. On that. Wow. Has it only been twice that they've won gone to the playoffs? <laughs> yeah. 07 and 11. Yeah. Damn. I wow. think I think if, obviously, he's not no Rodgers, but if Eli went there, it gives all those players still. Yeah. Yeah. It'd be fun to see him in Green Bay. It would be. I, I would definitely appreciate it, considering I do own uh, Jordy Nelson and Tom Montgomery in quite a few leagues. And I think you could be right on Eli finishing top 10 guy then. He definitely has the talent. Oh, yeah, dude. Oh, this whole plague that's hit the Giants wide receiver core has screwed my fantasy preseason pick of Eli finishing as a top 10. Yeah. Oh, man. I mean, he was looking good there for a couple weeks. Week three and four, he looked, Eli was on his way looking pretty good. And then and then everybody got just like a cancer man. Just everybody just yeah. dropped off. Yeah, terrible. All right, moving on to the next one, man. Number six, we got I added Aaron Jones last week. Is he now droppable? Megan in Richmond, Virginia. We touched on this a little bit. If you don't need to drop him, don't drop him. I would I would hang on to him. Yeah. For another you have no reason to drop him if just to drop somebody. Unless you're picking up like a Well, I think that's probably what she's doing, looking to add some on the waivers. Is he a guy she should drop? I, w- I would hold on to him. Yeah. Yeah. Don't drop somebody just to drop him. Unless you're in the league with um with uh what's his name here? Orleans Darkwall? No, unless you're in the league with Dan to State College and Alvin, Alvin Kamara's on your uh, waiver wires, then, yeah, yeah, then maybe then drop them. All right, so we got some submissions here from you guys. We got um, some questions that are outside of the fantasy box, man, flexing out. First question is, what is the dumbest thing you've ever done? Jeff, go ahead on this one, man. The dumb done a lot of dumb things we've talked about recently since we've known each other how do we want to do this we've all done dumb things in our life i would just pick one random moment in your life i guess uh one random moment probably getting married getting married <laughs> i hear you chris could say that twice I hear you. <laughs> no i love my wife but exactly yeah it definitely can be stressful i hear that for me man and i kind of touch on this story back over the summer when Norma's on the show. But it's got to be not wearing George back in the day, man. When uh, And I always wear George back in the day. I would free ball from time to time. And I used to bartend at the Breakers back in... And you split your drawers? 2005. Yeah, and I split my pants, man. In front of the whole... Uh, what would you call it? A Like a whole convention. Oh, man, it was terrible, man. Just... Oh, it was it was bad. It was bad. If you want to hear more of that story, man, you can go back to the back in August, is I think when I or September of August, I believe, when I told that whole story. No, that was terrible. So I can definitely say that's not the dumbest thing as I got married. I was just a joke, guys. So yeah. 
All it was right. probably it was probably doing a fantasy trade, some kind of fantasy trade. It was when I traded for Peyton Manning three years ago, and I had Tony Romo. Tony Romo finished, and I played Peyton Manning in the playoffs, and I lost. But Tony Romo would have won the championship. You know, speaking, you know, I kind of like that real quick. Before we get back to these random questions here that were sent, let's let's let me ask you a question. What's the biggest trade that you did where you swindled somebody hard, man? You have one on top. Like yep, when top? I traded for uh, CJ Two K, I traded Reggie Bush. The day of when Reggie Bush hurt himself, but they didn't give the news out until the next day, and the guy accepted the trade for Reggie Bush. I got CJ Two K, and he two thousand yard rushing. <laughs> it's funny you mentioned Reggie Bush because that's kind of where mine was too, man. Mike, I traded back in twenty thirteen. Trent Richardson was my keeper in one of the leagues that we had after his rookie season. That's right. Yeah, and I was not high at all on Trent Richardson, man. And Jim Brown's comments were, you know, he was saying how bad Richardson was and all that. He's not very good. He's overrated. I kind of bought into that too because I was like, yeah, he's really not very good. I mean, he scores touchdowns, but that's about it. So I swindled Mike to trade Reggie Bush to me for Trent Richardson. And that's Reggie when he Bush was that year in PPR. Reggie Bush was a lion that year. Yeah, was a lion. That was one of his best years. Yeah, it was one of his best years, man. Over 1,000 yards and solid. So that was one that definitely stands out. All right, getting back to these random questions that we're sending here. We got number number two. How long have you guys known each other? And I think it was... 12 years. Yeah, I think it was like October 05 or something. I don't know, something like that. Yeah, about 12 years. And moving on to the next one. Top five funniest memories you guys have. I think uh, I think number one's got to be uh, when we're driving in the Escalade and we hit that corner and for some reason you didn't close your door and you just fell out and rolled down the street. That is definitely one. We were wasted, pretty but, much wasted. Yeah, we were. But uh, let me clarify something real quick. The reason why the door wasn't closed all the way was because your damn door would not close. <laughs> Oh, you don't remember? Yeah, like didn't you have like a contraption trying to hold it closed, like like a bungee cord or something? I don't no, know. But no, it would not close. It wouldn't. You just didn't close it. The door closed. We were just know. drunk. I think you got jumped in and we didn't close it. I don't know. I don't know. All right, give me another one. Number two is probably got to be when we pulled up one day to when I was dating the Adriana and she was throwing all my shit over the third balcony. <laughs> yeah, uh, well, I think we were we were going uh, out of town or something for like a weekend or something. Yeah, up to Vero. And she and got pissed. We might have been coming back. Yeah, I called up uh, one of my friends, Jaeger Mike here, and who lived in that neighborhood as you, and I just asked him to, hey, man, can you just look over at Jeff's house and just see uh, what's going on over there? And he's like, uh, there's a bunch of clothes just out there in the yard. And we pull up, and sure enough, Jeff's like entire wardrobe is just laying out, just all spread out all over the front yard there. Yeah, that was definitely... Uh, Pretty damn funny, man. That's funny. All right, go on, go to the next one here. I think it had to do yeah. with the same weekend. We were in uh, Vero, and you were uh, had a little nice night with that that uh, 40, 50-year-old lady. Oh, no, now you're exaggerating, man. No. <laughs> she was high 30s, low 40s. Yeah, I'll give you that. She might have been that. I, I like redheads. What can I say? And this was a long time ago. I was, um, I must have been like 23? Yeah, 23. No, yeah. I was younger than that, I think. No, I was probably about 22, right 23. There. Yeah, yeah, right around there. Anyway, man, um, yeah, that memory. I, I remember that. I remember, yeah, we, we went bar hopping that night. and Yeah, we had a good time. Yeah, we came home, and I'm banging one out in this redhead. And I'm throwing and, up. Well, no, yeah, you were. But before that, you bust open the door while I'm banging this chick. You want a did, beer? Yeah. So give me another one, man. Number four. Um... I would think that one time when you were at uh, when we were at B Dubs, the the manager like knocked over your beer and you smashed it. You were pissed. And you wanted to fight the guy, and me and Norm were just laughing because you got cut off for no damn reason. Yeah, me and that manager had like a falling out with the whole at the poker game. Yeah, and um, yeah, and then a couple weeks later we went back and I had two beers, and. Yeah, he cut me off. Even though you guys have been there for hours, he was just, me and him just did not get along, man. Yeah, oh, no, no. I definitely threatened to, yeah. That was funny. Yeah, that was pretty good. That I know you got good. one in there too, right? Give me another one. Yeah, I've got another one, man. Um, doesn't really involve uh, you and I, but I was there when this happened, and it does involve you. Uh, remember, remember Jason Beard? Yeah. When he was dating Aaron? Yeah. And, um... Uh, he was all in love and all that. And I was banging her? And you were banging her. Yeah, you got all mad. And he finally, he finally found out after like a long time. And then at Chili's, 
he tries to choke you. It was the funniest thing, man. <laughs> Did he try to choke me? He tried. He got so freaked out and like he tried to choke you. And it was just the funniest thing, like how mad he got, man. It was just I don't know. That was that was pretty. I probably, good. He was like a buck twenty. I probably just pushed him off to get it. Yeah, no, no. It, it, yeah, it didn't. It did, nothing happened from it. I mean, it's like he did anything, but yeah, no. That was definitely pretty damn funny to watch. All right. Anyway, um, <laughs> anything you want to say, man, before we get out of here? Who are you taking to win tonight's game? The Colts. I'm taking the Titans. All right, man. I guess that's it. All the time we got for today. See ya. Peace. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Flex. Subscribe on iTunes and Google Play Music. Visit FantasySportsStudios.com to get your fantasy sports fix and interact with the show. Follow us on Twitter at FantasySStudios and on Facebook at Facebook.com backslash FantasySportsStudios.